0: Hey everyone, this is Black Man Right World, and I'm Mike Thompson.
1: And I'm Grant Harvey. What's up, Mike? How are you?
0: Um, other than like technological difficulties <laughs> that I tend to have com- consistently, I, I'm doing good. I'm doing well.
1: Do people still use Zoom? Like, Is Zoom still the way that they do teleconferencing? <laughs> yeah.
0: I don't know. I don't know, but I, I will for sure say that I will never become a spokesperson for Zoom in any uh, iteration of my life or any reincarnation of my life because it's just been giving me
1: hell. So it's It's been giving us grief, unless they want to give us uh, some ad dollars for a shout-out.
0: <laughs> hell yeah, I'm down. <laughs> but yeah, even for work, I think I've been using, i just so used to Google or I just FaceTime people. Mm. So it's like I'm not used to using anything else. But, but that. So when when we go back to two thousand, you know, sixteen, and like we get on our Zoom tip, I'm just not. I'm not there.
1: Well, you know, we can always try this again on Google Meet one day. Whoever wants one to pay day. us first, we'll will we'll go with whoever pays right? us. Right,
0: right. Uh, we'll take <laughs> we'll take any sponsorship. Um, how have you been?
1: I've been good. Uh, I was at my friend our mutual friend Ejaz knew whose wedding this weekend that was a wild time it's a four-day That's event
0: awesome I saw photos it looked they looked great him and wifey
1: yeah he had a traditional um wedding first the first night there's the two
0: weddings right
1: pretty much yeah. yeah 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 there was like the family wedding you know uh a, a, a nick I believe it's called which is the uh Islamic wedding tradition so like his parents are Islamic they come from that background so uh-huh. with uh, a little Sri Lankan flavor in there and then uh also some Armenian flavor based on the banquet hall that we went to
0: I so, like I, when you say that all I can think about is food I'm like mm, that sounds good okay so like, the, the, like the, a little Sri Lanka flavor I'm like I'm down
1: so Sri Lankan mm-hmm. food is fire especially like from uh their family's background because uh they don't drink so the food is the main event so you know the food is spiced to perfection cooked to perfection it is delicious
0: i'm fine so, with that that sounds yeah. delicious but ironically well,
1: yeah. that was the food they had on the second wedding the first night it was part of the banquet hall that we went to and there was a uh, it was an armenian uh, menu so it was cool there was lots of lots of different uh, food food selections over the weekend it was a good time
0: Nice. Well, congratulations to him. Uh, yeah, I adore Ajaw, so that's awesome. Uh, yeah, I think I'm glad that at least your week was great. Because I feel like my week was hectic. It was chaos. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. I well, it's hard. I don't even know when the week begins and ends with me because my job, because I work on the weekends, it's always feels it's like off. Right. But Saturday, for some reason, November 4th. Um, which was you know a couple days ago that day everyone had a birthday on that day so there was like four or five different birthdays and i had to i had to decline all of them because uh one of my college mentors had passed away and so i had to go to her funeral
1: dang i'm yeah. sorry man that sucks yeah so,
0: so yeah that was like that's what i was dealing with um and then yeah but like going to the funeral was like obviously it's hard to be in that type of setting, but it's nice to see you know people who who you're connected with or like the mutual friends, and so I saw some other mentors and people who like uh, were really important to my whole college experience. And then the wedding was it was like she's uh, I believe she was Catholic because like the wedding had like you know four or five services that were all like
1: sorry you're talking Catholic. about the the funeral you, you the said funeral.
0: wedding <laughs> oh nice I said wedding. Wow.
1: Yeah, oh I yeah. Got you yeah. Sorry.
0: Yeah, you got me confused. But for the funeral, <laughs> uh, she I believe she was Catholic, so like it had four or five, like not four or five, but like two or three ceremonies that were just very, very like religious and intense. And I was like, oh I don't know all the lyrics to this. I don't know all the words. People was getting on their knees, and like I was like, I cannot keep up. Like I did not do I didn't do the pre-studying for the <laughs> for this event yeah because Catholics just they have a lot of like there's a lot to learn, to know you gotta like know what to say in response it's like a call in response there's like there's just a lot so yeah, yeah i I've, was... I've
1: been to a couple Catholic uh uh services funerals and yeah that's everyone knows all the moves it's very impressive yeah, yeah
0: I was trying to learn I was like mm, let, let me study because you know i i while well, I don't align with that particular denomination I because like my spirituality I'm like I still want to know because like it's still interesting to me to be under uh, able to understand other people's customs um so yeah and I I
1: feel in that circumstance I would like to know what they want me to do like yeah you want me to do it if you want me to not do it I'll do whatever you want me to do
0: yeah because technically like it's like I know there's certain things like the people that are saved do and I'm like I'm saved so like technically I should be doing it like I'm not I'm not Catholic but like Communion yeah. and all that, I still t- partake in it. Um right. but it was great. It was it was it was a beautiful service. So but then when I came back that Sunday, I found out that morning that my my pastor from like my church uh that I grew up uh in, he also he had also passed away. So Dang. Like, yeah. The mentors
1: that stinks.
0: The mentors are crossing over. Uh it's just and I guess this is like one of those things that you start have to come into terms with. As you get older, because I'm just like, there's no way that I can start to, you know, get closer to 40. And then the people who like I met when I was a kid and they were 40, they can't also still be the same age. They gotta also mm. age as well. But all of them weren't that. I mean, my mentor from Chapman was she was definitely uh she was only in her early 40s. So it was a very really unfortunate. It was um she passed away from cancer. Um, and then my pastor he was just like a couple years older than my mom so like he still also wasn't that old so it was still it wasn't it wasn't like they passed away from old age he passed away from you know health complications right. but uh yeah it's just been it's so weird how I operate with with death lately because ever since 2017 that heavy ash year where yeah. I just had you know like six or seven aunts and uncles die and then uh Eric Cruz passed away and all that Mm -hmm. it's just like ever since then I kind of I don't know I have a weird relationship with it um how I respond to it and so it was it wasn't nice to be back in that place but I think I have better tools now how to how to be there or how to be present because even like having conversations with people and stuff I'm very much more comfortable with having conversations and being present and that might that might be off-putting to some people Cause mm. like I can still laugh and joke and stuff during the funeral and like during the services and during this, the weekend and everyone's like, "Are you sad?" I'm like, "Yes, I'm devastated." But like, I also know like if we're sitting there shooting the shit and talking about memories, like I'm gonna make you laugh about an old memory because like let's enjoy let's celebrate life.
1: Yeah. So yeah, that, that, that was sense. my weekend. Wow, that's quite the contrast I would say between both of us i will say it was kind of funny the first no not the first night the second night there was like a welcome event and i was one of the groomsmen so i had to go for um a rehearsal right before so we're literally rehearsing the wedding and uh at at a brewery so we're all lining up you know everything basically doing like the procession in and then the I don't know if you call it the recession Now <laughs> Sounds kind of funny, but <laughs> the recessional, the processional, whatever you call it. Um, and uh literally the t- couple tables over from us at the same brewery, there's a couple that just got engaged, and so they have this big uh wedding ring balloon, they have a massive party of all their friends. The the engaged couple walks in, you know, down the there's a there's a ramp, you know, leading down to where we are, and they walk in and everyone's cheering, and then we're cheering. And then so it's like the full circle of the wedding process here. It's like someone who just got engaged and someone who's getting married tomorrow. It's like all in one spot. So
0: I like that. I, I so I so badly want to be married. It's crazy. But you, you yeah. <laughs> I have like I have it all planned out. I have time wait for what? For when? Cause like a bitch is you have getting time. Wild. A bitch is you, getting old. you can
1: get married yes. at any age. Some people are older than getting married.
0: I just don't want to be like that sixty-two-year-old man. who's like, I'm finally settling down because everyone's going to think I was promiscuous or something. I'm like, I wasn't. I just fucking suck at dating. <laughs> yeah, man, <laughs> I wasn't you, you like mean, some. That. I wasn't some playboy. Like, I just was a, a lame boy. This is going to sound so
1: basic, but when you re- meet the right person at the right time, it's like it's everybody be, says that. But it's be. like
0: I haven't met anybody
1: that's that can be
0: true it is (laughs) i'm gonna tell you right now okay look look, you can get real the last couple people that i have talked to have kind of feigned interest or like were in a weird place in their life where they were like i think they just wanted to secretly hook up with me because they weren't all they weren't completely comfortable with being with me in public Mm. and and like even that i still received a lot of rejections with those people where it's like mm-hmm. they would hit me up randomly one day and be like, oh my God, I'm like, how are you doing all this? And I'm like, it's like two o'clock in the morning. Can you like text me at a normal time? Like, I don't want this freaky leaky, slight like undercover relationship. And also even then you still have a bunch of weird relation, re- reservations with that. I'm like, if you want to be a late mm-hmm. night freak and a booty call, then I need you to booty call the fuck up. Like, don't be booty calling <laughs> me and then be all hesitant about like the booty call. Like, why, yeah. did, you, why did you text me a picture of your booty hole at like 2 a.m. And then you want to be acting like you're uncomfortable. You texted me first. I'm just saying, I don't know. <laughs> I admit, so does that sound like a relationship to you? No, it does not, it's not a relationship. So that's no. why I'm saying it's not happening. People are like, oh, well, maybe if you don't want it and it'll happen. I'm like, okay, y'all, it's been 30, 30 years pretty much. Cause let's say I'm, I'm gonna go away since kindergarten. I have not, I don't think I've ever been trying that hard my whole from that whole time and it's like a couple relationships happened and it occurred although I think that a lot of those happened when I look back at my relationship my couple relationships at Chapman I think they all occurred because it was some it was an ownership thing it was like I I remember vividly that I would be friends with a particular person I would be friends like this woman and then I would have a crush on someone else and that they would know of that. And then all of a sudden next you know I'm in a relationship with them. I'm in a relationship with that mm. woman and not the crush. They and locked it like, down. Can you blame them? Yeah. They but yeah, it felt very it felt very controlling. Maybe felt, maybe about.
1: the lesson you need to take is that you actually need to put more effort in, not less. <laughs> maybe you need to be locking down people.
0: <laughs> but it's kind of weird, like I don't I I feel like I'm bugging everyone. Like I like it's like if I'm texting, like it's like if I'm I'm like triple double texting to people and I'm like, okay, this leaks. Okay, like what a is it what is
1: a triple double text? That's when you're you that know, means you there's no response. And then you send it like second. I
0: I said, hey, how's it going? And two hours later. What are you up to? Two two hours later after that. Oh, my day is going so great. Like there's I'm getting no responses. So I look like a fucking sociopath. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm just talking to myself. So it's like, it just seems like it's just interesting because I, I have yet to ever been pursued. And I get that, like, I'm a man that I don't, like, stereotypically in this shitty world that we live in, men don't get pursued like that. I don't know. But it's like, come on now, I wear, like, dresses and shit and skirts. So, like, I'm not the typical, I'm not your average dude. So, like, can I have some not average dude, you know, interactions where, like, someone pursues me? I just, I have never been pursued before. So that sucks. That's fair. Um, And yeah, it just, it it just doesn't seem like, it's just, I don't know. I, it's like, I, I I just, it's not, I'm not doing so good in that category.
1: I I get what you mean. And like, we've all been there in different phases of life. So like, I can't, I can't knock, (laughs) I can't knock your, your, your attempts. Like Uh, I, I'll call you,
0: like I, see, I'll, since you're the friend that's sitting right in front of me. Yeah. i'll call you i'll put you in a hot seat have okay. you ever come across a person that you have met in real life whether you know them very well or you know them through a friend or you know them through a job or you know them through a situation and you go oh this person's really nice you know who would be good for them mike
1: yes i have
0: well then i would why then where the fuck is that person at <laughs>
1: Uh, <laughs> I, that's that's a good point but
0: yeah exactly
1: i've thought of no, it i just haven't made a move
0: but see how well making, now you're making it now you're
1: making it my responsibility
0: <laughs> i'm just saying i'm just saying that like if you know that i'm complaining about this and you have thought that because i i have thought that but all of my friends are it, it this is at the time you were spoken for like are you right. are you it ended up happening like before before you all became married or in relationships, there was numerous times where I would be like, this person is great for you. This person is so-and-so spit sp- game. Like right. I have friends who are dating now or married because of that. It's just, I don't know. I'm not, so what, I, I, what don't you're need, saying I don't need is you, you need No,
1: but what you're saying is you need better advocates. And I feel like, you know, you have a platform. You can put it out to the universe and say, hey universe, if you know someone who'd be good for me, Send them to my DMs.
0: I, I try. I did try that once or twice. Heard, like people thought I was joking, and I was like, "That just fucks with myself But no, let's put
1: it. Let's put it on the record right now, because you have people who you know personally who listen to this show that you can say to them right now: I, Mike Thompson, and not joking, I am looking, and I am actively seeking a relationship. And just put that and if
0: you're. Exact. I am. I am Mike Thompson. I'm actively seeking a relationship and do not use any excuses. I don't know what he's into to ask why, why not to introduce you to that person? Because I'm going to tell you right now, just give me a person. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, yeah, you're yeah. bisexual. So does that mean you're into everyone?
0: Okay, calm down. Uh, but like <laughs> maybe not everybody, but like close to everybody
1: close to everybody okay
0: yes my mom and dad did mention when i went to go visit them they were like my mom was like oh i know this girl who like i think she's kind of cute whatever and i was like okay cool like i'm I'm inviting it like most people don't invite when their parents do that yeah and my mom my and dad never followed up i was like see y'all everybody be full of shit and then my dad was like oh i think i even know this guy and i was like whoa progress okay dad uh <laughs> but he's like maybe this I'm was a test
1: that. maybe they were trying to see who you'd be more excited about this was the setup
0: yeah, now that you say that that sounds like something they would pull but i was i had i was like i was like i don't care either way i was like some somebody come on now i don't know <laughs> let's we can move on from this like pity party but yeah
1: <laughs> let me let me get us to the topic that we said we were going to talk about because for my moment of improvised my
0: spiral <laughs> Spiral of sadness,
1: maybe. Spiral of sadness. Ooh, that is such a good transition. So (laughs) I want to follow up on something we brought up last episode. Last episode, I mentioned in an offhand remark that I wake up every day with Taylor Swift lyrics in my mind. (laughs) Like, I literally wake up every day thinking Taylor Swift lyrics. Um, And one of these times, I had a lyric in my head, which I'll tell you in a second, and I thought to myself, you know, I'm going to look this up and I'm going to find out more about this. So,
0: okay. So I do need like, it's when you immediately say Taylor Swift lyrics, I need clarification of which types of songs. Cause do you just wake up and you're just like, shake it off, shake it off. Or is it like the deep ones, the deep lyrics?
1: Oh yeah. I mean, well, I want to see if I can get at least two other examples besides the one I'm about to tell you we may need to circle back to it when they come up i'll 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 bring them up but okay for example the one that was in my head so this is me literally waking up thinking these exact words okay i wake up and the first words in my head are i keep my side of the street clean you wouldn't know what i mean which is a, a lyric from karma right off of midnights yeah so
0: that's what she finished a whole set with
1: yeah so like the whole the whole Riff is, I get fragments of it in my head. So like, you know, there's like karma is a relaxing thought. You know, karma's a cat purring in my lap because it loves me, all this. But that's the one that sticks with me throughout the day. And I think to myself, I'm like, yeah, I keep my side of the street clean. You wouldn't know what that means. And I'm like, I know what that means. But then I thought about it again. And I said, do I know what that means? And so I, <laughs> and so I decided to look it up and Google it. And She's I talking directly article. to you. Well, uh, you know, because you know, we listened to uh, uh, Sonia Renee Taylor. We've listened to her before. She's a really cool. Yeah. Uh, writer. I don't know. She has a bunch of credentials, I'm sure. But yeah, she and but, she has
0: that book that recently came out called "The uh, Body Is Not an Apology." That's like yes. about self love and great, she, just great content and, and a
1: great content creator on Instagram specifically, which is where we both discovered her um and she had a whole episode about this that you reminded me earlier today that we listened to when we were going to get like covid tested like deep yeah. 2020 you know like before there was a vaccine or anything where we were like trying to make sure we we're good
0: it's like a fortunate memory of like the listening to the podcast and doing that internet stuff but yeah. the, the setting like oh yeah just going through the dodger stadium and like Going around in those circles and doing that. It's kind of crazy. It's surreal because now I live next to Dodger Stadium. But that was so
1: crazy because there was a giant screen of Eric Garcetti when he was mayor and he was like, please stay in your car, stay calm. It was very dystopian. I think Kaylin even said that. (laughs) It's it's this feels like like the Hunger Games.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, but side of of the street.
1: Yeah, so she had a whole episode about that. So I was like, yeah, I kind of know what it means. But, you know, that was like we said about three years ago. So it was about time that I was due for a check-in on do I really know what this terminology means and of course as one does I went to the very first article that I found on google <laughs> <You> yes know, <laughs> my, uh deep deep research here but it's as long as it's not
0: like a youtube video from like PragerU I think we're good
1: yeah no it was it was not one of those But it was from a a writer on Medium. Uh, The article's title is Keeping Your Side of the Street Clean, A Three-Part Guide to Inner Freedom by, uh, I'm going to give her a shout out. I don't know anything about this woman other than this article, but uh, Marie Elizabeth Molly wrote this.
0: Okay. And it's, go ahead. Oh, I was just, I just was agreeing with her name. (laughs) Because I I saw here it says she's a relationship alchemist, helping you to be the person. can have the love you want i like that
1: that is cool that's a good good uh profile
0: yeah go off marie okay what's she talk about good
1: bio so the article starts what does it mean to keep your side of the street clean you know so she gives a very specific definition she says it means being clear and self-responsible in your life and cleaning it up when you mess up and then she Mm -hmm. goes into this uh um, you know, a quick example about how dog owners in New York complained at first, but then they got used to scooping up their dog's poop when the laws changed. So just like dog owners, it's best not to leave your emotional poops thinking up the sidewalk for other staff to, to step on, uh, or step around. Um, but then she says, it's easier said than done. And so she gives a framework for how to interpret this phrase in three parts. So the first part is the street itself. The second part is the street sweeper. And then the third part is the house, um, so we can go into those three components. But we'll stop here for any questions that you might have
0: about <laughs> any, what I was any thinking. Any questions? Uh, I just thought of Tom Hanks. Yeah. He's like, uh, "What is it?" The guy. Uh, that... So this
1: is the SNL sketch, David S. Pumpkins.
0: <laughs> David S. Pumpkins. Any questions? Yeah. Okay. Yes, several. Several. Oh, okay. So I right off the bat, because you sent me, um, I'm looking at the The article article as well. Um, I love this part where before we get into the the three parts, it says you might have inner voices that feel justified in holding the grudge, withholding Mm. affection, or Mm. feeling victimized. That's so interesting, because when you think about my, when I think about my self-expression, when I think about uh, like even being like uh, empathetic or being someone that can be like a support system to somebody else, that side, those sides of the street, like that shit is clean as fuck. It's so clean that I have extra like cleaning utensils left over to give to somebody else. But mm. when it comes to relationships and dating mm. and all of that, my side of the street must have yard sales, crackheads laying on the sidewalk, uh, dog doo doo. It got it must be fucked up. Because I, do, I feel like there is a grudge I'm obviously holding. If you heard earlier what I was talking about, mm-hmm. um, I have a grudge with like you or friends being like you guys would even like wingman me. Then with holding mm. affection, it's like am I am I actually putting myself out there in the way that I want to receive affection, um, and then the feeling victimized and like oh I haven't dated in like you know eight years and the when wham wham whoa was me. So that's interesting.
1: That, that is, is interesting. That part
0: resonates with me. So I'm going to keep that in mind as we go through these, you know, these bullets.
1: But oh, this is great. I love it when a plan comes together. And by plan, I mean yeah. a complete random happenstance. It, that we just it really improvise. is happenstance. This is,
0: this is not planned. This is improvised. But like, wow, that's uh, amazing. you know, I'm, I am a, a well-trained improviser. So, Anyway.
1: That is true. Let's, have you ever let's have get, you ever, uh, given your bona fides on that? Have you ever flashed your credentials in the improv <laughs> area?
0: Not all, not that much. I like to surprise people. I like people to think that I'm just doing this off the cuff, but cool. I am. But you know, trained. The cuff is yeah. very trained. Let's okay. Let's break. Let's go into these. I want to do the street itself, the street sweeper, and then the house. Let's do, okay. like, spark know these.
1: All right, so here's the here's the spark now. So
0: simplify things.
1: Marie Elizabeth Molly has broken these down into three steps as we said. Um, three easy parts with examples and practices for each, right? So first is the street itself. A house needs to have a foundation on solid ground in order to stay standing through the storms and surprise surprise, so do you. So Uh, She goes on to write, you are part of something infinitely larger that moves in through and as you, whether you call it life, universe, love, God, consciousness, emptiness, whoa, presence, quantum physics, or purple rainbow rainbow unicorn star. uh, Ooh, that's me. I love that. You currently live on shaky ground, learn to connect with and deepen your experience of that larger thing. And then she gives some sample practices to support you in standing on something more deep and vast than your individual self, which this is cool because I know that that's one of the tenets of AA um, is that one of the first things you have to do is accept that there's a, uh, a power larger than you outside of yourself so that you don't mm-hmm. feel like you're in it alone um, on your own. So that's kind of cool. So some of the practices right. she recommends are this meditation, prayer, journaling visioning which are kind of all maybe different versions of the similar kind of thing yeah they all have different
0: intentions i think
1: yes you're you're right in that um reading and reflecting on spiritual books spiritual counseling or spiritual community and then she says i'm not saying you have to get into religion i'm talking about cultivating a direct experience of benevolent aliveness Uh, i like that And then when you need to, you can lean on this foundation to help remember that whatever you're experiencing that feels huge is a blip when you see it from that perspective, which is cool. I like that.
0: This Okay, so like immediate thoughts from this is like the street itself, this is like the part you have to keep clean. And I do think, like there are, like when I'm reading, I feel like a lot of the books I read and things that I read are always like memoirs of celebrities and like notable figures right. it's like fantasy books that are in the other world or another like a, like a fictional life or a fictional reality right. and the things that I don't read that much are not books that are about like self <laughs> So it's like <laughs> it makes sense why like because I feel like the practices that I'm doing are do do help me understand that there's there's like a there's more than my individual self out there but i completely only think about everything else besides my individual self and that's not that's not to make myself make me sound selfless like it's not it's not self like oh i, th- I think well there's more than i think of myself no i just don't think highly of myself i'm thinking of me mm. i just don't think highly of myself you know, um, like, as you're like,
1: saying oh, that i rel- i relate to that feeling i do i i can i've definitely i definitely feel it, that way.
0: it might be it might be more common and we're willing to admit True. But it's it's unfortunate because it's like it makes it puts a hindrance on things you care about a lot, because obviously those 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 things are like like us being a writer, your family, your your personal time and stuff like that. You're probably not treating it the best because you don't you don't think that highly of yourself sometimes.
1: Could be, I yeah. I also so. think those that's a part of the occupational hazard of being a writer is that you're constantly thinking of. Other worlds or or things outside of self, you know. Obviously, when you're creating things, it's it's partly about you, no matter what. Um, yeah, but, I related but there's to an me, es- but I, There's an escapism in it, is what I was gonna say.
0: Yes. Yeah. yeah. And so I don't know. I just definitely thinking of this. The street itself, like, I could probably improve the practices to support to support this particular street because I my shit the way my brain works. I don't just got one street. I got a neighborhood. I got a network of of streets. It looks like New York, where it's like on a grid.
1: Oh and yeah, I got,
0: I got different areas and shit. And my car be driving through that motherfucker like a lot, you know, bobbing and weaving. So <laughs> I don't have one street to clean up. But anyway, let's let's go. So you've on. got so a got whole like
1: grid. You've got a whole block. You've got multi blocks. <laughs> yeah, I got
0: a block. I got a. I got a. a what is it? A, I don't know how to say that word. With it. it begins with the M. Uh,
1: never mind. Can you give me anything else to go off of? <laughs>
0: like, I don't know. I was going to say precinct or something. A municipal? Oh, municipal. municipality. Yeah, what is that?
1: Um, I actually don't know what the difference between a, a municipality, a principality, a, a, a precinct. I don't know the differences between those at all, actually.
0: <laughs> I don't think anybody does. We just hear those words. like. But anyway, They're let's just... Fancy. Let's just
1: Fancy ways of saying the same thing.
0: <laughs> you want to touch on Street Sweeper?
1: Yeah, so the Street Sweeper is, clears a path for you to walk on the street. So these practices support you in clearing your mind and letting go of stories that keep you stuck, which is really cool. Ooh,
0: um, the stories, be get me. Yeah. Oh. Uh, let's pause. Are you being robbed?
1: No, no. <laughs> this is just the mailman. It was <laughs> <is> very aggressive. <laughs>
0: They climb through your mail slide the
1: <laughs> You can leave that in if you want. Uh, if it's too much of an interruption, you can take it out. But anyway, the street sweeper clears a path for you to walk on the street. These practices support you in clearing your mind and letting go of the stories that keep you stuck. Speaking of stories, um, this doesn't mean avoiding or bypassing your feelings. It means keeping the bigger picture of the street in mind, even as you acknowledge and feel your suffering and past wounding. So then they go into some of the things, the practices that can sweep your mind. Um, once again, meditation, gratitude, practiced, journaling, forgiveness, work, working with a therapist or a coach, the work by Byron Katie, which that's just cool that it gets its own like title, the work um, or breath work. Um, and then, which is the whole reason we started this, um, this, this episode on this topic is the recommendation to read Lynn Forrest's article on the victim triangle, which really got my attention.
0: It was very interesting, you sent it to me. We will include all these links to the, I'll include the link to Byron Katie's work, uh, the victim triangle to um, also Marie's article where we got all of this. Um, I'll include these links somewhere.
1: Yeah, Um, but basically this article is all about how to understand how your mind pinballs between victim perpetrator, and rescuer, a triangle that prevents you from experiencing inner freedom until you learn to step off of it." So like that was like, okay, that got my attention. Um, so I clicked through to that article, read a bit about it, which we'll come back to in a second, and uh, sent it to you, which inspired this. Uh, but then the third part that uh, Marie Elizabeth says here is the house. So your body is your house. Your body doesn't have to be healthy for you to feel free, but it helps. Also, brain chemistry is a thing. So doing stuff to support neurotransmitter health benefits your whole system. So in thinking about your house, look at the basics like plumbing, electrical, and structural design, and then goes on to make some recommendations here. Do you eat in a way that supports your particular digestive makeup, your plumbing? How's your nervous system, your electrical doing? Um, I don't know how you really edit that. Um, And then what do you do to support your muscles and bones, your structure? So this recommends a combination of cardiovascular work and strength training plus flexibility work. And then the more that she basically goes on to say, the more that you set up your body to run well with good fuel, grounding, and movement, the more clarity you have in your mind and spirit. And the more you clear your mind and expand your connection to your spirit, the more you support your body in maintaining or returning better health and function. So
0: Okay. I mean, this makes sense. It's like like the the plumbing is like, the digestive makeup and stuff like that is like your actual body, which is like right. how your gut health and what are you eating? What are you putting in your body? How many bowel movements are you having? Your shits feel good. You, are they coming out as pebbles? Are they coming out as liquid? Is it yellow? Is it black? Is it brown? You know, like that. But then uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. The nervous system is like, how is your mind? Is your mind right? You got your head on tight. Like, is your mental health good? Like are you right. are you stable? Are you how are your thoughts? Are they going to dark places all the time? Are you feeling well rested even after eight hours of sleep? Uh, if not, there's an issue there. That kind of stuff. I get that. And then the last one is obvious, which is the muscles and the bones and the structure of the house. The 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 actual building of the house is your you know physical health. Like. Can you stand up without your knees popping every five seconds? Can you bend over to tie your shoes without farting and sharting on yourself? Can you, you know, like, can you go up and down the stairs without dry heaving and stuff? Like, <laughs> and it's only two and a half steps, so it's like I, I get these. It's like it's definitely like the inside of the house, inner workings of the house, which is like the electrical and the plumbing, and then the structure, and so that I like that. But yeah. this is interesting to me because that would mean the street is not even the most important part it's just what leaves leads to the house like you can't get out of your house and go to other places and get to and people can't come into your house if your side of the street is fucked up yeah you they can't even get to that point yeah so that's in my mind I initially initially i thought the street was like the most important part and the street is all you need to have fixed and together but i'm like wait if there's the house too i'm like well fuck Maybe it's not the street that's messed up for me. Maybe it's the house. I don't know.
1: Well, yeah, because if you think of it, like if you have a plumbing issue in your house and, you know, that could eventually lead to the street. <laughs> like, like, I'm not trying to say that, like, your bodily health necessarily, like, it, it, you know, could is could be the thing that's preventing you from having uh the relationships you want. No one is making that argument. But like you could you could say if you're not taking care of yourself, <laughs> you're not, you're not going to, you know, it could eventually cross over into you treating other people poorly. As well. I mean, I
0: fart more more than like I would like to. I hope that's not the reason why nobody's fucking with me. That's not true because some motherfuckers be stanky as hell and they be having like a whole like three, four, five kids. And I'm like, well, somebody's into it. I, so yeah, I, I think it's more
1: them. of a metaphorical argument where right? it's saying, like, okay. if you don't treat yourself like, right, <laughs> how can you treat anyone else right?
0: <laughs> okay, because I was like, my IBS may not be the reason why. I'm no, 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 no,
1: no, 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 no. no, I don't think that's what they're saying, no.
0: and, and But, but okay.
1: there's multiple components to it. But let's get to the main event, okay? So I read this. I'm like, okay, this is nice advice, you know. Um, but this, the thing that catches my attention is this whole victim triangle thing. I'm like, what the... Hecky, heck is this? Um, obviously, I came into it very skeptical because anytime they, I hear anything victim anything, I'm like, oh gosh, what? It's a word triggering word going? because I think people, yeah, there's. I mean, it's triggering for multiple reasons. We like
0: because I, I, not not into the regard to this actual triangle, but into regard to like how the word is applied to other situations. It's almost even been removed. It's like we we refer to a lot of people as survivors of an incident if you right. if you were attacked physically whether sexually verbally you know uh, through a uh, natural disaster anything like that you're a survivor not a victim it's like it's like the so it's even just hearing that word victim i was like oh i hesitate hesitate
1: it's emotionally charged and it's politically charged because i think people on the right take it and they run with it and they say oh victim mentality and all this and there's all the, the oh make it, around that they make it they make it nasty nasty yeah yeah but the interesting thing is so we can get into the actual triangle in a second but that it's not always referred to as a victim triangle um it was actually created by someone named dr stephen Karpman, and it's usually known as the drama triangle so we'll probably call it the drama triangle in the episode title
0: yeah, because I want I like victim has such a weird connotation. Okay, I'm looking at Stephen, and I'm gonna give Stephen the benefit of the doubt. We gonna we gonna get into the conversation. We are gonna talk about the triangle, but I'm look what I'm looking at right now. I don't know. He just he looks like it's just it's like you know a middle aged white man. Not even middle aged. He looks older than that. Let's um, I'm but
1: look him up too.
0: Yeah, he's born in Washington D.C. He went to Duke University of Medicine. I'm sure he's very, you know, I'm very, he's very knowledgeable. But his his father was also a psychiatrist named Benjamin Cartman. So he comes from all the worked on human sexuality. So he comes from a long line of psychologists and psychiatrists, you know, cool. Uh, but it's just, you know, it's sometimes it's rare for me to take information from a white man who has existed in America and worked through America's networks. Within the 1970s, 60s, 80s, et cetera, because that means they benefited from systems that completely 100% did not include my benefit of my family who lived during that time. Whether or not I'm not calling people racist, so if you, you know, if you're if you're listening, and your mom and dad or you were born in 19, you know, 72, and you're white, and you're like, that's not fair. I'm like, I'm not saying you're outright racist, but yes, in that time, you did benefit from systems that did not benefit me because it was legal law. It was, you know. So, it, with all that being said, that's long winded. I'm just saying, I, I'm yeah, honest.
1: no, I, I, I totally understand that. Yeah, so that disclaimer is totally valid. <laughs> yes, no, we don't know that, anything about him personally. Well, I'm
0: going to give him a chance. I'm just going to say that, yeah. So that's why I have some hesitation. Because it's like, you know. Uh,
1: okay. Your 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 disclaimer did give me a little bit of a fascination. So I looked up um, what I could find about the Carpman drama triangle on Wikipedia. And I'm not seeing any references about him in particular. But it's interesting because I guess it comes from this line of... Uh, I guess, school of thought in psychology called Transactional Analysis, which is kind of interesting, um, uh, from this guy named Eric Byrne, who's from the 1950s. So that's even further back in time.
0: See, now see you know what I'm talking about. That's why you got you to be like, wait a minute. But the, let's I will let's say this. That's...
1: Apparently, Stephen Karpman was in the Screen Actors Guild, <laughs> which is kind of uh, interesting.
0: That's great, because like, we're
1: down. Uh, oh, interesting. But yeah, it says, in 1968, Stephen Cartman, who had an interest in acting and was a member of the Screen Actors Guild, chose drama triangle rather than conflict triangle as here, the victim in his model is not intended to represent an actual victim, but rather someone feeling or
0: acting like one. Hmm, interesting. I like that. Yeah. Okay, so, let's entertain this. Let's, now, let's go... To Lynn, forces the three faces of victim. An overview of the victim triangle, because now we know the basis of it, where she got it from. Because he calls it a drama triangle.
1: Yeah. She
0: says here that she refers to it as the victim triangle, um, because under her definition, she says victimhood can be defined by three positions, beautifully outlined in the diagram. Um, and let's see how you you describe this. What the Diagram kind of looks like and what it's all about because I feel like you were a little more tapped into this.
1: Yeah, so basically, there's three roles on the victim triangle, and or sorry, she writes as victim triangle, but it's the drama triangle, and that is the victim, the persecutor, and the rescuer. And the diagram here has it as an upside down triangle where the the victim part is at the the if you're looking at the triangle upside down. Then it would be the it's top like of the triangle. Inverted triangle, an inverted triangle. The victim's at the top of the triangle, and then the two corners are persecutor on the left and rescuer on the right. So yes. that's what it looks like.
0: So persecutor, um, rescuer, and then they victim meets at the point at the you know at the bottom.
1: Yeah. So she writes that Cartman plays th- these three roles on an inverted triangle because they're three aspects. Um, no matter where we may start out on the triangle, victim is where we end up. So therefore no matter what role we're in on the triangle we're inside the drama or to oh, win okay. we're inside the victimhood
0: this does make sense okay i'm like it's like not that i'm subscribing fully to this, this school of thought but it's just like i'm already having ideas in my mind where these instances do occur so let's continue let's keep going
1: all right so lynn goes on to write each person has a primary role or their most familiar role what i call their starting or what she calls their starting gate position and so this is the place which we're, we typically enter the drama triangle. And we first learn our starting gate position in our family of origin. So although we each have a role with which we most identify, once we're on the triangle, we automatically rotate through all the positions going completely around the triangle, sometimes in a matter of minutes or even seconds, many times every day. So then she goes on to define the, the three starting roles. So um, should I just run through these real quick?
0: uh yeah let's they could let's let me see if i can maybe um condense them i don't know because i'm gonna i'm gonna say this from a objective standpoint sure uh let's see so starting gate rescuers they see themselves as helpers and caretakers they're basically someone who feels the need to like rescue the victim in order to feel vital and important so it's like i need need to help others to feel to be fulfilled Right. Uh and then it's difficult for them to recognize themselves ever being in the victim position. Mm, and, and they're the ones, they're the ones with all the answers. That's that's interesting. So think about that. If you you might be a starting gate person who's a rescuer. Where you um, always come start- into
1: a, a, a conflict wanting to like solve the conflict. Basically. Yes. Immediately
0: the, the media conflict happens, you're like, okay, I got I have to solve this so everyone can feel better. Um yeah. So you're basically you're not Selena Gomez. You're not Taylor Swift. <laughs> you're like, I don't know. You know, you're 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 like Anderson Cooper or someone. You're you're Oprah. Um, like Oprah, I feel like is a starting gate rescuer. Uh, let's see, starting gate per- persecutors. That's that a persecutor just sounds so intense. It's
1: such a strong word, isn't it?
0: Though. <laughs> so, uh, starting gate persecutors on a hand to hand identify themselves primarily as victims. That's interesting. Um, so they're usually in complete denial about their blaming tactics. So they're a person who immediately is ready to point the blame. These uh, they argue that the attack is warranted and necessary for self protection. I don't want to get into any political <laughs> conversations, but y'all think yeah. about that. When you like the starting that's gate persecutors, and 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 no, and how and how conversations become complex because it's a conversation between two starting gate persecutors, um, and so how are they going to get to a resolution if they both are blaming the other person? Um, Interesting.
1: Yeah, it's so that's, I, I pl- just, that's applicable across so many situations. So, it's so many that you so keep many. keep Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So many. Um. So these two. Uh. The rescuer and the persecutor are two opposite extremes of, of victim. So, like, where one sees
1: themselves is, as the ultimate victim, and the other never sees themselves as a victim, right?
0: Yes, because in this triangle, like we said, everybody, your starting position is going to be a rescuer or a persecutor. But somehow, it's going to all, no matter which where you start, it's going to lead to the victim, right? Yeah. So it's correct. like it's it's so interesting because to me, I automatically think about like. Okay, rescuers might be bleeding heart liberals, uh, politicians who are democratic, or at least they claim that they're democratic. Um, you know, it might be the United Nations, it might be a teacher, it can be a doctor, it can be a therapist, a uh, Parents, most likely like a mother, because the mother sometimes uh, somehow falls into the nurturing role just because of society and then like physical things that she can't do, like nourish the baby with her body. So these people are naturally caretakers in some to some degree. In friend groups, it's that friend who's like, everybody gets blacked out drunk and in her mode of getting blacked out drunk is she got to clean the house and like pull her hold everyone's hair back. And they'd be like, oh, my God, are you guys okay, Becky? Like, are you fine? And it's like, bitch, you drunk too. But she's like, her natural mode is, we're both so drunk, I have to make take care of us. Instead of, I need to take care of me, I'm actually poisoned right now with alcohol. I'm a victim. She's sharing her mind. Her she's like, I'm not a victim. I'm going to be the mother. Uh, so it's like, you can be that person. Or the persecutor, which is the person who's like, I only acted this way because I'm drunk. You gave me the alcohol. Uh, I'm not having, a, I'm having a bad day. I'm overworked today. So that's why I'm partying. Or, and, or or positions or jobs to me that would fall under persecutors would be obviously lawyers. <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> that's uh, funny. Because um, they're going to blame the other person no matter what, because that's their job to do that. And like, it's either the, per- the you know, my person's not at, fault or the other person is at fault and it's never, so it's like never them yeah
1: totally. um
0: but then i would also say cops would be would fall into that because there's a lot of times that cops have you know done things where they fucked up but they say no i i didn't fuck up i only acted this way because he seemed threatening he seemed violent he was this he was she was that uh i i'm just here to serve and protect. Like if they wouldn't follow the rules, they wouldn't happen this way. It's always somebody else's fault. The the cops very rarely rarely take, uh, just based off of the standard of law enforcement and military, I don't don't even want to say law enforcement and military, there's a militaristic idea that you only had to shoot someone or hurt someone or attack someone because they did something to cause that. Mm. Um, And and so, yeah, those people are starting to get persecuted just based off their job. But then, uh, as I was kind of touching on, in the friend group, I feel like those are also the friends who were like uh, they, all, there's always someone that hurt their feelings and, and I can even, I'll put it back on myself. In the conversation I was talking about dating, mm. I felt, I fell into this because the, the minute I was talking about relationships and why I wasn't working, I was like, people be ghost to me. My friends don't wingman me. uh. I, when I, when I dated, when I did date some people back in college days, they only dated me because they were trying to keep me from someone else. Like, it's like, it's, it's like, I, it's like, it was, I didn't, it was
1: kind of a laundry list of, of attacks. It was,
0: yeah, it was, there's a laundry list of persecution. Uh, Cause yeah. I was just like, I was just like, everybody is at fault uh, for yeah. these certain things. I, and I, I do take ownership, like even me acknowledging this is true. I'm taking ownership, but I think. That me taking ownership is is not even because I'm like being noble. It's because of the in this inverted triangle, I have started at persecution and I have moved to victim. So moving mm. the victim allows me to be like, well, yeah, I know I'm the problem, but I'm the problem. That's the reason why nothing's happening. And so it's mm. like it's I I you know I've fallen into the victim. So because I know it's going to be hard, it's hard for people to take these ideas. And apply them to themselves and you might get defensive that's why i'm going to just use myself as an example yeah but that's yeah a good, that's a good idea I, I would i would i can see how this works out um and did
1: do they does she say like what the victim role is
0: in this case uh she gives a lot of examples and so like i i came up with my own uh like definition v- definitions but uh, so right here, it looks like she says victims, because she also, there's a starting gate starting victim. Mm. Uh, so victims have core beliefs that set them up for their starting position on the triangle. Uh, starting gate victims believe they cannot take care of themselves. Mm. They see themselves consistently unable to handle life. They even rescue from a one-down one position saying things to their potential rescuer like, you're the only one who can help me. Um, and that's it becomes uh, it says these are words that any any starting gate rescuer wants to hear now mm. I will say that this falls in line with people who are narcissists uh because it um a narcissist kind of like one doesn't take won't take blame for things right, but they also know how to to like manipulate people to 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 bend, at their, to bend to their will or whatever. And that can sometimes be like someone who is actually in need of help. Like it can be like a drug abuser or an alcohol abuser, or they could be a relation, person who's very psychologically abusive in a relationship or something like that. But they go, like, there's no one else out there for me. Like, you know how I am. Like, you, like, you're, you have to be there for me. And like, someone might want to hear that. They might want to feel wanted. They might be in the worst relationship with this person ever, friendship, you know, Marriage, whatever, but they like just want to feel wanted, so they accept it. Like this person being like, he only acts that way because he's the victim of his circumstances, and because of that, they rescue him or her over and over and over again. So I, that's that's one starting a victim in my mind.
1: Yeah, that, that makes I, sense.
0: Uh, is someone who is like, it's never my, it's gonna once again, it's never my fault of why I'm acting this way. Society has completely made me this way. The issue I have with this is that I think that there are a lot of people in this world who have placed black people and women, women separately and black women, you know, et cetera, et cetera, um, in, the, in the role of victim, and we didn't ask to be there. Hmm, like interesting. And it's like it's, and it's unfair because it's like the persecutor telling the victim is like putting us in that role. And that's like, but that that seems that's nuts to me. It's like you need to you need to hold on. Wait a minute. You, you like you have no right to be calling me out and saying that I'm a victim. If I'm a black person, and I'm like, there are certain things designed in this world to keep me to keep a foot on my neck and to keep me behind, and like there's oppression. There are certain rights and things like that. I don't think that's me being a victim. If I, said there, if I said there's no way for me to succeed ever because of those things, then yeah, I can see if I'm a victim. But if I was just stating historical information and factual information about certain things that are designed and certain institutions that are designed to keep a foot on my neck or keep me behind, I'm, I'm not a victim. I think that's pers- that for, that's for, it seems like to me is persecution. Like I'm personally saying that there's things designed in this government to to, to fuck me up. A victim right. would be me just saying like I'm not because of those things I'm not going to succeed. I think I'm su- succeed, succeeding in, in spite of them. So it's like, right? It's it's very it's interesting as I even as I'm formulating this in my head because I'm thinking like I'm like none of these sound ideal. Right. None, none of this sounds like the greatest thing to have because like a rescuer sound I, I'm not into that at all. I don't want to be in denial, like, that I'm never a victim, that, like, I'm, you know, you know who that is? That's, I, like, I don't mean to drag her, but, like, that's like Candace Owens. Mm. And her mom, she's like, nope, I know I'm a Black woman, and I, a woman and Black would, to you, might seem like a victim thing, but I am anything but a victim. I actually know all the answers and have all the answers to succeed in society. This is what you need to do to be accepted by everyone. White men, America, Republicans. I have every solution you ever needed, and I will never be a victim ever. That's that's in her mind. She always has the right answer. She can't even have a conversation without being like, like you know, scoffing because in her mind she has all the solutions. She can save you if you listen to her and word for word, word verbatim. She has she has the way that, the way out. And if she talks and has a conversation with anyone who falls on any other starting position, they just butt heads. So like, I don't want to be that as a black person. I can't be a rescuer. Shit's too crazy out here. That's delusional. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not, I'm not going to be delusional. Like I don't, I don't want to have a starting point in, in persecution or a persecutor or, or victim. Unfortunately, that's just the way things are, but yeah. I don't know. What are your thoughts? I have a lot. It's No, it's
1: great. It's great. Um, Everything that you just said is really interesting. Um, the, The thing that I'm thinking, well, first off, I want to give like this example because I read this and it makes a lot of sense to me of like how this actually plays out. So obviously there's all the roles that you just defined and how people play those kind of broadly, even from their occupation to like situations. Right. But here's like a very basic situation. So let's say like, you know, Heteronormative couple dad comes home from work to find mom and junior engaged in battle, clean up your room or else mom threatens dad immediately comes to the rescue mom. He might say, give the boy a break. He's been at school all day. Now, any of one of any, one of several possibilities follows perhaps mom playing victim by dad turns her wrath on him. In that case, dad is moved to rescuer. Um, A roof is moved from rescuer to victim. Then they might do a few quick trips around the triangle with junior on the sidelines. Or maybe Junior joins dad, you can tell this is written by a, <laughs> an older person, that it's funny. Or maybe Junior joins dad in a persecutory, let's gang up on mom approach. Or then again, maybe Junior will turn on dad, rescuing mom with the mind your own business. Dad, I don't need your help. And so it goes with endless variations, but nonetheless, pinging from corner to corner on the triangle. And for many families, <sighs> this is the only way that they know how to interact.
0: Triggering. And, <laughs> <laughs> this is triggering so bad Uh and i don't even want to know what my family yeah go on this is no so no bad. i so
1: i think like that probably hits a chord with probably everyone listening, like, everyone probably re- can see patterns that they fall into with family conflicts. Like, there's been
0: times where, like, you were, like, say, like, just for the sake of conversation, like, yeah, to, for three people, it's like you and your mom are arguing. Your dad chimes in, and now yeah. your mom and dad are both mad at you. Or there's a time where you're, you and your mom are arguing, and your dad chimes in, you join forces with your dad, now your mom yeah. feels ganged up on. Right. And, like, vice versa. Um,
1: I feel like even that, in our... Even in our... Old roommate situation when there was like four of us and we kind of have like conversations in the kitchen. This dynamic would play out where all of a sudden two of us are having a, not even a conflict, just in a, a conversation, like a disagreement in a conversation. And then we go on this triangle and like now all of a sudden oh. like two people are jumping in on one person and one person's like see know, the now thing is persecuted and then, you know it's you guys could jump in on mind. me all
0: you want. I would I would never <laughs> feel persecuted by you guys. I like. I was like, no, no, no. no, I was like, the thing. What will happen is that I do feel like the the loud, the tone of my voice and how loud I was is I I can force people into victim. <laughs> like Interesting. I I, Interesting. I know that I have that power. I know that I have that power to do that. Reason why I know I have that power because people who who hold. Uh, who hold capital over me, and which, which, which I mean, what, what I mean by that is like physical capital, like by age, size, stature, position, like my mom and dad. Mm. Even when I have conversations with them, they, I can, I can get them to the point that they retreat, or they mm. go, "How dare you say that to me?" And it's like, I push them into the victim. Because yeah, and I, I think it happens can, in
1: so many situations, is what I was trying to say. Like, it's like the family situation, it happens in like interpersonal between friends, it happens in so many different situations, especially in the workplace. I, I'm sure this happens. You know, but that's the look,
0: time to be a helper or a rescuer. Why don't people? I noticed in family situations, people are, they are rarely rescuers. In family in, situations, in, in family ping-pong. situations or
1: work situations?
0: And family situations are a lot. We'll mm. work too. Work with boss, boss and employee, but right. it just ping-pongs between persecution, persecutor and victim. Persecutor vs. Rest- victim. Persecutor, victim. It's just ping pong between that. Nobody. It's like it takes one good leader or someone to be like, "Hold on, wait a minute." Let's go to the let's let me pop over to the other side real quick. But and is the good so-
1: manager in a work situation just a rescuer?
0: No, he I'm not saying that you stay on one side, but they know when to pop around the triangle. I'm right mm. now I'm doing a motion like they ping pong around a triangle. Yeah, yeah, I see it. Like because sometimes people just go back and forth between the two. And it and I promise you, like after having conversations with my mom and dad, we get nowhere. Absolutely right. nowhere. Because it's just accusatory, like you know, me saying, "Well, you did this back when I was nine years old, and that stuck with me. And it was traumatizing. My mom and dad were like trauma. You ain't no trauma. You never wrong with you. We never did that." And I'm like, "Yes, you did." And then they're screaming at me about how they didn't traumatize me when I was a young kid. I'm like, "If you didn't, then why are you screaming at me right now? You're doing exactly what the story I was telling you about 15 years ago. You're doing it again right now. So if I was lying, how come it's uh, the identical situation is occurring right in this minute?" And it's, then it goes, what, what, blah, blah, and, you know, now it's like, what, how do I deal with that? Because right. sometimes it's, it's not a good skill to be good at justifying why you are, why you, uh, your victimhood. It's not a good skill to be, ju- to justify, uh, your this, it's, it's a, per-
1: that's a persecution. That's a persecutor where you can justify the, the, um, reason why you're the victim in the situation.
0: And, I, and that's what, and I said earlier that I yeah. that I feel like I fall under persecution a lot, because I because I can uh I can do that. I don't I, I acknowledge it's not a good skill. It's not it's not an honorable skill to have because like sometimes right. it's these, for for bad reasons. But like I can't justify my positioning, on sometimes very problematic stances, or unhelpful, not not constructive stances.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, I think that most people can, whether they know it or not. And I think that's the biggest thing for me is like, like just by reading this, I can think to myself, man, I know there's times where I've, where I've played those, one of those roles. I'm, I'm definitely a starting gate rescuer, but then when I'm put in a corner, I can, you know, become a, a, a persecutor or a victim just like anyone else, you know, where now yeah. all of a sudden I feel like, I'm the one being attacked, and then you know, you get you get super defensive. Like that I, totally happens.
0: I can't like if if you will allow me, without taking any uh, offense to anything I'm gonna say. Uh <laughs> <laughs> I'll well, reserve
1: my judgment until after.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you can to reserve say. your judgment until afterwards. No, I'm not gonna say anything bad, but I'm gonna say like, I'm gonna kind no, of kind just of kidding. speak on like, yes, I do think that you have fallen into the starting point rescuer role and oh, I totally know that.
1: it's like that's my stance. the thing
0: is like there's there's to me at least from my perspective i can see why it's like it's like it could be family structure because you know i i have i follow the rescuers sometimes too and i do have the family structure that's similar to yours like married both both parents were working parents when we were raised we're middle class we come from the suburbs and stuff like that we weren't like extremely affluent but when it comes to having all the key american essentials we were affluent in that so like in our mind we're in a a good starting place to be helpful to people so we're gonna you're gonna have that natural rescuer mentality but also i do think that you being a white blonde-haired blue-eyed white man or whatever do you have blue eyes
1: no it's actually not blue
0: yes they are not blue uh but 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 being a cis heterosexual white man with blonde hair i do feel like that it's easier for you to start there Right, because because of just safety, uh, in in and perception for with everyone else, like people are gonna right. Like, see. Right, there's rarely people...
1: the conflicts that coming that are coming directly at me because of my status and position.
0: Yeah, you're gonna you yeah. have to give a better starting place, like a start, a safer starting right. place, not a better. Um, and safer, but for
1: sure, yeah.
0: It's funny because when we were doing Dungeons and Dragons, we were playing that, and then like. There are times where it's like I think you want to make sure, like you want to help everybody. Like if it's if we have a chance to like fight or just solve the problem without any fighting, you kind of like want to solve the problem without any fighting. And I'm like, oh, this totally. Is, this uh, is so uh, great, uh,
1: and This goes deeper too because it's like conflict avoidance is like one of my number one goals, which is I know is not a good thing, and. I know that conflict is is healthy a lot of the time, but the whole reason that the drama triangle is called the drama triangle and they highlight it is because this is an unhealthy uh, transactional, you know, to use the term, the transactional analysis, where this comes from is an unhealthy pattern that you fall into. Where once you're on the triangle, it's like you play one of these three roles and you can't get out of it unless you're aware of that. That's what's going on.
0: And, and if you name it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, like exactly if, if
0: you if you can name it you can pop out of it because if you went if you catch yourself like oh you don't have to say it out loud like oh hey everybody I'm doing a rescue moment right now I
1: do <laughs> I do <laughs> because once I once again as a rescuer I'm like I can rescue this
0: situation we're all in the triangle we're all in the drama triangle right now <laughs> I'm gonna tell you with people who are hard-headed like me and my feelings like I mean you're you're married to a cancer so you yeah. you know this but like if you try to fix or rescue us mid mid when we're in the heat of our you know victim or the heat of our persecution, it's gonna pop off. It's not gonna work. You're, <laughs> no, you're adding not at all. you're adding fuel to the fire. Like, so I was like, I just there have been times where it's like you kind of want to solve the situation, and I'd be like, yeah. I'll be even more frustrated with you because I'm like, Well, now you're making me feel like I'm the crazy one, and you're not the crazy one, and that's not fair. Why do you always get to be like the same? Yeah, one? because
1: like like uh, Lynn said, when you're the starting gate rescuer, you don't want to admit that you are. You could be in that ever play the victim role. You don't want to be in that position. Yeah, yeah.
0: What I will say, okay. So just because I need to ask this question, when we have conversations about race yes or, or sexuality because we, we sit on opposite ends for both of those right. uh what what do you what are like what do you feel are your responses where where do you feel they live from or come from a place of being a rescuer or persecutor oh definitely a rescuer or a victim
1: definitely a rescuer because i don't take it personally when like you or anyone else criticizes whiteness and i think a lot of but, white people okay.
0: Okay, but see, like, I'm gonna challenge you. Is why don't you take it personally? That would mean you're in denial that you never have been a person who benefits from your whiteness.
1: No, the opposite. I know that I'm a person who has benefited from that.
0: Okay, well then, wouldn't that be a would that be a victim? I don't know. I'm like, I, well, I'm like, for it the depends. sake of challenging.
1: Yeah, it depends on the exact context.
0: Because I don't, I don't always see that you're like you want to. I see there's lots of moments where you want to come to my rescue. Uh, Or whether it's like psychological or supportive and stuff like that, and I appreciate that. That's that's not a bad thing. But
1: and and you know to give to build a little bit of curiosity. There's actually a a reverse to this, an Uno reverse, if you will, for how to fix this uh, triangle, and we can come to it in a minute. But there's ways to play these roles and um, you know, come out ahead. Like basically, like how 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 do you resolve these conflicts, these dramas? Without playing one of these three roles, because there is a way to do that. Do you want let's, to do that now, well, or do you let's
0: touch on let touch on that because because that's where I guess what I'm coming at is like if I have a conversation and say the other day this A B and C occurred and it occurred because like I think it was like racially related and stuff, it's like sometimes I don't know how I want a friend like you or being a being a white man or something. I don't know how I want you to respond sometimes. I feel like I might not want you to respond in a rescue or response. I feel like sometimes what I want uh, might be uh, a, for you to, like, also be, be right there alongside with me in, in that victimhood or in that, you know, in, right. in the sadness of it. Because, because it only, to me, sometimes it exacerbates the feeling of, of being othered if I go to a white friend and say this happened to me the other day and it sucks and the white friend goes oh my gosh that happened to you And that's I'm so sad it happened to you it'll never happen to me but I'm sad it happened to you that's that makes it worse <laughs> like it's, so like it's like it's like basically like oh sorry black sorry blackie like I like it just sucks to suck like that's and, what it that's and, what it and like
1: as a as a white person in that situation you don't know what is the good response to say because you don't want to deny it but you don't want to like say like yeah that's okay that that happened like there's so many different responses where you're like i don't want to do that but it's like hard to know what the right thing to say and And, you know yeah that that's true for other situations as well like for instance um you mentioned that you went to a funeral recently i'm terrible at funerals because i feel like i never want to say anything because i don't know what to say and i don't want to like you know hurt someone's feelings or or you know bring up negative feelings even though the whole reason we're there is to you know talk about a negative thing that happened and so i feel like i'm like the worst in those situations
0: i agree with you it's like it's so hard because you don't know how it's like unless someone tells you how to uh to respond or what would make what will be or what they want to
1: to talk to you about yeah i I went to the funeral situations
0: for some people i just say like good morning <laughs> that's all i said like to like a family member and stuff and i was like i don't know what else to say and i was like it's not a good morning but i don't know what else to say you know like, I was tough. like yeah, I say, don't know. so yeah it's it's like to all to say like when i'm talking about race and stuff like that or situations with you and i've vented to you a lot you know right. you have you have heard many a spiral it's-
1: and you know that my my response to those spirals has changed dramatically as we've known each other and, and i've become more aware of of what like what reality is like and i think that i think
0: that's i think that speaks to also like i think like where you can go with it because yeah i i think when we first barely knew each other like as just classmates and stuff there was like uh an air of like oh well you know
1: i feel like i would question things a lot more you know you would would question things a lot more
0: or, but just, it felt, to me, at least it felt like it would just be like pity, you know, like you, you mm. feel, feel bad for me. But mm. now, but then it got, uh you know, like a key moment, a key turning point moment for me was like the crowdfund X time. Um, right. And it seemed like you were angrier than I was. And mm. so like, when when that occurred, I was like, okay, there's, there's like, obviously even before then there's been big shifts, but it was a big shift and like and how we were having these conversations. So like I know it's possible. And cuz I I can do the same thing for me being a man versus having a conversation with a woman or a right. person I as as female identifying um like that or could have a conversation with you know someone from that's like Muslim or someone that's you know different, a different religion or a different comes from a different inco- uh, economic status. Like there there are moments where I'm like it's I'm like I don't know what to say to, I will never be able to relate. But I'm like no that's not true because there there's a certain part where you get where you start to get good at navigating uh, outside of that triangle, and I think that might be the flip. The other triangle that you're going to talk about. So, so let's let's, so let's
1: jump talk about that. that. Yeah. Okay. So just to reiterate, so the drama triangle is what happens when we don't accept or don't allow responsibility for feelings in ourselves or others. This is this is according to attunedpsychology.com. Um, there's no author on this uh, article that I can tell. Um, if we see one at the end, we'll we'll shout them out. But and then it gives a quick summary of the roles that the persecutor, the rescuer, and the victim play. So the persecutor blames others in an aggressive or passive-aggressive fashion and doesn't take responsibility for their own part in the drama. The rescuer takes over, which that's key, um, and tries to save others from themselves. They try to avoid conflict and may take on more than they want to. (laughs) Hi, that's me. I'm the problem, it's me. Um, Then the victim feels overwhelmed and stuck, fearing what will happen if they act and worrying what others think of them. So, okay, so
0: that's, that's like a recap, basically, of the drama triangle. Recap. What we yeah. what we have just been long-windedly talking about.
1: Yes, so what happens if you're tired of being trapped in the drama triangle? So this is called the winner's triangle, which to me, when I heard this the first time, I thought of Michael Scott's win-win-win, <laughs> if, if you ever watch The Office. It gives like,
0: that vibe.
1: So the winner's triangle, or what's called the healthy triangle, and this is from uh, AC Choi from 1990 okay so it's a it's a, a regular triangle it's not inverted already
0: liking it because i i'm just gonna be a little biased here a little, presumptuous a little sensitive, presumptuous and, and assume <laughs> that the name doesn't sound completely you know white bell so like i'm like oh there's some people of color in there also yeah. comes from 1990 which means that this is in a time that i existed and so <laughs> things were a little bit different it's not from yeah. 19 like 55 okay yeah right.
1: So, so, so this, in this version, so the victim role is called vulnerable instead of victim. And this is at the top of the triangle. And so the vulnerable position instead of playing of, well, let's, how do they describe it? So uh, the triangle is symbolically reversed and the different roles indicate very different ways of relating based on compassion, listening and assertiveness. So you're still in the same kind of position on the triangle but it changes the way that you respond. So the vulnerable position, the way that they describe it, they have a little catchphrase here. They say, things are hard, but I can solve my own problems. So Mm -hmm. you're vulnerable, but you you share your feelings, but you also are taking responsibility for yourself. Then the caring position, this would be the rescuer, which is I'm prepared to listen and support instead of telling you what to do. So that's Mm -hmm. key because what the rescuer, as we've said, Their whole thing is they come in and they want to take over everything and and fix it for you. And that's not what people need all the time. And then the assertive position, right? This is the person who normally plays the persecutor. This person says, I can express how I feel and negotiate with others to meet my needs without resorting to aggression. So I've also heard that referred to separately where it's like, I can um, communicate my needs assertively. Um, Uh, which I think you do need to do in certain situations.
0: This, okay, so like the immediate feelings when I hear about this, because this this to me sounds like basically like the light switch for each of the other ones, right? It's like when when you recognize or you name that you're falling into the whatever triangle of drama situations, whether it's persecutor, victim, or uh, help a rescuer, you can flip and switch those into being in a vulnerable position, a caring position, or an assertive position. Um, what 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 triggers me, what hit, what what gets to me, is that in my mind, in my intentions for a lot of the things that I do, because I do think that the side of my side of the street is fairly clean, and if it's not clean, I know where the shit's where the shit belongs. Um, I have worked on that. But I did not, I have not shared with everyone my the, the street cleaning. I have not shared with everyone my house that has been, you know, rearranged and, and tidied up. Some people know me and I exist to them still as the person with the messy street, with the messy house. So even if I come with an intention of being vulnerable, caring, or assertive, what they see and perceive is still going to be following the other triangle. That makes sense. A victim. Yeah, it does. Uh, and so like that. So if I go, say it like, for example, um, I go to my mom and dad and I go, uh, A, B, and C occurred, you know, a couple years ago. And that really bothered me because of this, this, and this. And I and I see it playing out uh, in our conversations now. And I want to fix that. Why don't we talk more? Why don't we speak more? Why don't we hash us out? They immediately go, so you're just saying I'm a bad parent? So you so you're mad at me? So you so you just like so everything, you know, it's like and this is just not just the heart my mom and dad. This is like any any parent. No, drama. I think a
1: lot of people, especially our parents' generation, fall into that. Yes. Like they, yeah, the they fall into this stuff more than even people of our generation do.
0: Now check this out that other the original drama triangle was created at the time that our parents were were born or these, right? Right. And then this new triangle, which is like flipping it on its on head and, and, and finding new ways to communicate the same thing, just in a different way, is from the 90s, which is kind of like falls of millennials, right? And right. so like whether or not, you know, that's, that doesn't hold too, so much into it. I do think, I, at least for me, I think that that speaks a lot to the, how the language has changed because it's just two different doctors or whatever that are coming up with similar things. But it, we're following this new one And that to them, that kind of seems like we're soft. We want blue ribbons, uh, boo hoo, or or we're fighting for causes that don't even concern us.
1: You know what's what's interesting? Uh, uh, Like, we don't know the answer to this because we didn't research it this deeply. But what did Mr. Karpman or people from that generation do to resolve this conflict? Like, did they just say, You know, we each have a role we're playing, and like we have to be aware of that role. Or, or did they have alternative tactics that you could use to to get out of it? Or was it just understanding your role? We don't know, but yeah, we, we don't know.
0: We can look more into it. But I, I will say, from based off of history, I think that they just let people fall into the roles that they had, and they stayed there.
1: And it was just more of so knowing your role and knowing your. How you do things, maybe.
0: Yes. It was very much like you go out and party, you're gay and all that, you have age, you're you're your disease, stay away from us. Uh if you're black or a woman, you know, you need to like do these certain things. Um, and if you uh, challenge that, you just you're a persecutor, you're always blaming everybody else, and then you woe well is me, you're a victim. Like it seemed like it was it seemed very much they just played into that triangle and didn't want to pop out of that motherfucker at any time. And it just like totally. well, doing. this is kind of interesting.
1: So this is a this is an article on mxmag.com and it's talking about like the ultimate guide to the winner's triangle. And they're explaining here it's the opposite of the Cartman drama triangle. And they said, Dr. Stephen Cartman has identified an inside game commonly played in the workplace environment. The drama triangle is explained as a social interaction that consists of three dysfunctional personas trapped in an endless cycle of conflict. And switching roles without coming to a resolution the role that people take up depends on their experiences and background and it's closely related to how they perceive the world and the people around them so it's like they only really defined the the roles that you play and it's like well these roles that you play are based on your background and that's it they know they didn't you know from what we know they didn't define the the answers to resolving it
0: and because I, I I think the answer to resolving it is like almost to under to at least for me this is how I feel is mm-hmm. not even trying to get out of it, it's just understanding that where you are and where you're falling in that moment, and like being able to own that. Like if yeah. I like I if I'm something is really bothering me and really hurting me, and I and I'm feeling like a victim, like I'm feeling like there is nothing that I can do to get out of this. Then I need. Sometimes you need to own that, and I need to cry a little bit, or I need to be like sad. And there might be someone who is able to communicate to me with me while I'm in that position, or right. there might be a, a, a tactic or something that I can do personally, like the journaling, playing video games, writing, or doing something that that can satisfy that while I'm in that area. But also, I don't. I just don't need to be in denial that, that, that that's what's occurring.
1: Yeah, that's true. It's Cause then it becomes. Oh, go ahead. No, no, you please hear.
0: Oh, I was, I was gonna just say, if you don't, if you don't address it and name it, that's when you get into the, the the side of your street type conversation. Yeah. And I hop over and start complaining about what's going on on your side of the street while not even acknowledging mine. If I don't name it, that's right. when that's when my side is is fucked up, and I'm over there talking about what you didn't do and what you did wrong. And that's kind of like what constantly what happens. I feel like in our American. You know, American politics and and how... Oh, dude, politics
1: is just this cycle on on steroids.
0: (laughs) Yes, because the streets is fucked up. And if you don't believe me, I can show you some streets in a Republican state and you'll be like, God damn, that street is fucked up, an actual physical street. And I can also show you a street in a Democratic state and a sanctuary city. And he'd be like, "God damn, that street is fucked up." Like, so yeah. the physical streets, the, are fucked the up. actual
1: streets, reveal so, the
0: truth. <laughs> so yeah, so it's like, if there's homeless crackheads, and and because <laughs> there's cause there's, a, there's a distinction, I'm not saying homeless people in general, I'm talking about yeah. crackheads. If there's mm-hmm. crackheads on both streets, and and poor people or people that are unhoused and. Businesses that are empty and just empty storefronts, and you know, crime and robberies and cars being broken into, uh, physical altercations, violence, protests happening, whether it's a protest about something happening in the city, in the state, in the country, or across the ocean in a, in a whole other country. There's the, all these things, all these events are occurring in America and everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's to me, it all has a lot of it has to do with not addressing the old side of the street, what's going on with show shit, you know, and, yeah. and, and then going over there and fucking with somebody else's stuff. Sometimes, you yeah. know, I, I feel like we always get so close to talking about what we don't want to talk about. <laughs> I'm, doing, I'm doing such a good job of trying to... Well, I'll,
1: I'll transition really quick because this made me yeah. think about what you were saying earlier. So, you know, I've read that from that website, mxmag.com, which I don't know what that is, but the, I again, hope get Google, 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 Google. <laughs> Coming to the you rescue like, with you
0: them. like find out it's like a KKK publication or something.
1: I'm actually a good researcher, but y'all have to pay me for that and then I'll give you the good research.
0: <laughs> right? Yeah, I need a check. I need a invoice. Okay, go ahead. But uh the
1: the the way that they define it, you know, there's the vulnerable position, the assertive position, and the caring position. They they have a mm-hmm. slash on here so they say vulnerable slash creator, which I thought was really Ooh, interesting. I like that. These people accept their vulnerability but also understand that they have the abilities to meet their needs and find their way. They ask for help and accept when offered to empower themselves. The most important skill they possess is problem solving. That's so interesting about creators. Creators have problem solving skills.
0: I don't, I, what's the, what's the issue that I don't believe that I am that, but I, until after the fact.
1: So what do you mean? Give me an example of after the fact.
0: I, I think for some reason, in my mind, I feel like I'm perceived sometimes, or even in friend groups, where I'm not the one that can, like, be, everyone else likes to tell like, how they're like so organized or how they have a all together. And I, and I even say that I'm not. And I realize that sometimes I don't like that I say that. I feel like that's that time where I'm beating myself up again. And I actually do know how to problem solve. I actually Mm -hmm. do know how to get to. I I know how to go from point A to point B to point C. I actually do know how, but sometimes I'm afraid that people don't want to take that route, so I pretend like I don't. And like to get to to, just to be more more frank, like say I'm at a music festival. Yeah. Um, But I've been at a music. I've been to a couple. I went to a couple music festivals by myself. And when I was there by myself, I saw every artist that I wanted to see. I got food. Went to the bathroom. I communicate with everyone. My phone stayed charged. I was on top of everything. But there's been times when I went with whole groups and suddenly I don't know where to go. I don't know, like we're falling behind, all this stuff like that. And I'm not trying to put blame on anyone else, but it's a weird role I take when I'm in a group all of a sudden where I like I act like I don't I don't know where to go. That's not true. I do. It's like it's like it's like it's like mm-hmm. having a map quest and having and having the GPS. Because I have the GPS, I will turn on the GPS and be like, okay, well, where do I go? When I if it comes down to it, I know how to fucking get home. It's just that. Yeah, so it's like I, I don't know why I'm so resistant to the vulnerable position when I actually am good at it. I keep saying I, I think like I don't know. I have been told and I've been jaded that like I don't, I don't open up. I'm not emotional and all that, and I'm like, bitch. I don't, I feel like I overshare. So I'm like, I don't know who's saying I'm not emotional, (laughs) like. Well, the other
1: other two, let's see what role you're playing. Go ahead, go ahead. If you're not not playing the vulnerable creator, maybe you're playing the assertive challenger. It sounds like you're not in a group dynamic because in this role, people use their time and energy in resolving issues rather than blaming others. They're good problem solvers. So they're also problem solvers and always okay. find ways to meet their needs without shaming others. So it sounds like maybe when you're on your own, you are a sort of challenger where you take care of all of your needs. You go to see every, um, you know, every band you want to see, let's just stay in the music venue, or the uh, music festival metaphor. Here. And, right. and, and you you, you do play that role to yourself. So you're very good at playing that it seems, but then carrying in coach is rather than imposing the solutions, they show compassion by asking how to help. So this empowers the vulnerable to decide what they want. And the caring role can learn to listen and allow others to find their way. So maybe that's the role you're playing in a group dynamic. You're being the oh. more a caring coach role where you're like, I'm gonna let you all figure it out. And I'm here when you realize you don't know what you're doing, and then I'm the one okay. that actually knows.
0: Okay. See, it's like <laughs> I, I can, I can accept, I can accept that, and i and I need to own that I. I my even my refusal for even catching on to that is has to do with some self-esteem issues. I so yeah. as a cancer, I can accept that because like, you know, there's the whole like astrology wise, you know, people say what cancers are. But I will say that looking at those situations and that that same analogy, that metaphor of being in a music festival, right. I I I am at the end of the, it's like I cannot be okay with missing something, but also be okay with having to miss it on behalf of others. And I think sometimes uh, people don't want to accept that. And that, that makes relationships difficult. It's like,
1: so like they, they're not- uh, Just to play that out, they want to, they want, they hear that you're missing something. And so they want to solve that for you. And you're like, no, I'm okay missing it because other people want to see something else, but then they don't accept that in that circumstance. Is that what you're saying?
0: yes because what yeah. what i want to say about myself is that i think i am i at least i want to believe that i'm self-aware enough to know that i can handle being vulnerable better than some people or i i i i i, I can live in that space easier This because i don't want to make this yeah. sound condescending no I, no I, 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 try, I get what you're saying what i'm trying to say is that i'm i can make a sacrifice I know how to. I I can be okay with sacrifices better than others, and that's okay. And like because that, that's just that's just how I I am naturally because I know I like a lot of things. So right. like it's uh it, it, it for example we can go we can go with interests and stuff watching a movie going out to eat. Right there's more more than likely you can go somewhere to eat and I'm gonna eat whatever is there, not because I'm just compromising because I really want something that I like. Like because otherwise you days. have
1: uh, dietary restrictions, basically.
0: Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah. But, I, but I can navigate around that. I'm saying yeah. there are some people that are like, I absolutely hate Italian food. So it's mm. like then, let, then you should pick where we go to eat because Wherever you go, I'm gonna find some of my big ass. But like, <laughs> like <laughs> but you might not like something. So same thing with music. When it comes to music, I like country, I like rap, I like pop, I like this. It's like I love Taylor Swift, I love Beyonce, I love Olivia Rodrigo. I like you know Dominic Fike and and Harry Styles. Like, so just pick a pick a, a, a stage to go to. I bet you I can dance and have fun to it.
1: Right.
0: Like, so it's like that's that that's why sometimes I take on that role, but sometimes I don't speak it or or name it and so it's when you don't when you keep things to yourself and you're not you're not explaining your position people people will assign you positions on their own and that's mm-hmm. where you get into conflict because they're going like oh so you're just are you mad now like are you not having a good time or this is not actually what you want to do and it's like sometimes it, like I guess what I'm getting at is that I, I I've talked to this talked to you about this as friends mm-hmm. but there's been instances where uh, we like I can tell you that I don't want to do something doesn't mean I won't do it. Right. And people some people don't don't like that. Like yeah, like, they like, like
1: the people want you to either be all in like uh, as excited as them or they want you to be or or if you say you're not interested then they'll be like okay, fine, leave it.
0: Yeah, that's it's, so weird. It's I'm hard like, to accept no.
1: the 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 middle ground of I'll do it but I don't love it
0: <laughs> maybe that's why relationships is a struggle right now because like maybe I'm just like do you want to be Russian? I'm like no but I will be
1: <laughs> well if certainly if your certainly if your first answer is no I think that's all they're gonna hear well if we <laughs> if we take it back to the vulnerable position right the phrase on the winner's triangle I um, just think
0: about someone on their knees with their butt in the air I know it's oh yeah
1: no, yeah, like child's pose. Or <laughs> is that child's pose? I don't know nope, yoga. No, <laughs> no,
0: nope. I know what you're talking about. It's like a yoga pose, but no. Nope. Yeah, for the for this visual, we cannot say that.
1: Okay, sorry, I, I take that back. But uh, the vulnerable position, you know, this the the phrase they use is "things are hard, but I can solve my own problems." And that's essentially what you're saying. Where you're like, I'm voicing my feelings and being vulnerable by my feelings, but I'm also gonna solve it myself. And so. Uh huh. Uh, you know, if someone comes in and they want to be a rescuer in that situation where they want to be like, oh, no, 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 we can, you know, I'll accommodate you. Like that's them playing that role when you're when you're playing the, the vulnerable position, whereas the assertive position is I can express how I feel and navigate with others to meet my needs, um, which honestly is also kind of like what you're doing in that situation. So it gets a little confusing.
0: Well, but I the reason why I don't—it's not always assertive. Because if it was assertive, it'd be like, okay, well, if you guys like don't understand what I'm trying to do, then like go on, move on. It's like right. I, I can't do that. I'm like, no, 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 nobody don't leave. Like, I want I want everyone to like understand where I'm coming from. Like, I feel like that's why assertiveness doesn't. I just know that that's a weak point. I like, and that, it's weird because like. Me calling out all the weak points of these and focusing the harping on that. It's like is that vulnerability is that is that me tapping a little bit into the victim? I don't know, but it's like i I can just know when I have weak points with these positions like some because whether it's in the workplace, friendship's family. Yeah. but it's interest it's interesting just to to even voice these to be able to apply your normal life
1: to, the, totally. to this ideology. I mean, when I read it, I told everyone I knew about it that day. I was like, I was like,
0: everyone I saw in
1: person, I was like, dude, I read this thing. It's crazy. You guys got it. <laughs> like, like, like any situation I could apply it to, I was like, oh, see, this reminds me of. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> yeah. going in on, on spreading the gospel of this thing that I, you know, really hadn't analyzed all the way, but was well, just interesting. It's just an interesting thing to think about.
0: Yeah, I definitely want to like further do some further research into it. But it's just it's just nice to have some language to put to to these ideas or like when we are feeling feeling this type of way. Cause then you then it starts to make me not feel uh I guess the Irish way I can think of it as because for lack of a better word, but like I don't I don't feel as like <laughs> other or like uh, you know, like an anomaly. I don't feel that. I don't feel weird because I'm like, no, no, no. If this triangle, if either one of these triangles exists, that means that this is a hu- this is human nature. This is this is uh, yeah. a way that a lot of people present themselves, whether they want to or not. And, and I think it is-
1: explains some of the vicious cycles that we see happening in in society where it feels like it's just like we're constantly having the same conversations or the same conflicts over and over again. Mm. It's like yeah because this this triangle is playing out.
0: <laughs> social media especially because what happens with social media is that uh when you have books, books, essays, magazines, interviews, journals, things like that, there's enough introduction, body, conclusion for you to come up with your own conclusions or understand where the person's coming from. But social media, we, we, we start to, we start to to decipher things off of sentences or just one photo. So what happens with that is that everyone comes into it with their own interpretation. And that interpretation is based off of their starting point. So Mm. if you, if you have a starting point as a victim and you see a certain photo, it's offensive, it's racist, it's bad. I hate this. It's, it's, it's attacking me. If you come in as a person who uh is a rescuer and you see a photo or a sentence, you go, that baby doesn't have it's not strapped in all the way. The uh, uh but that dog is like looks like it's hungry. Or oh, that this is this is you know, like they're always trying to decipher how to to send or they're coming in or,
1: to defend the person who's being attacked or something. Yep, like, guys, yeah. like we've all had problems before, like why this, we, maybe it is having a bad day. <laughs> And right. they'd
0: be saying that shit for like, oh, you know, Bill Cosby. So I'm like, ooh, he don't, no, 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 he's like, pull back. But right. uh, so yeah, and then like also, then there's the other one. What is it, persecutor? persecutor which yeah. is, I guess, that persecutor would probably be more like your your baby not strapped in all the way and stuff like that. But, uh, but or like, they would turn it
1: around and they would, yeah, they, yeah, they would say like, what, yeah, the baby strapped in is a good. That's a good one.
0: Like, yeah, you know, it's just, it, but, but I believe someone getting that is that like social media has allowed us. To exacerbate those starting positions, because off of off of very little information, like you like we're, we're 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 taking it way too far off of one little thing instead of having all you know a long. Uh, it's not a movie we're talking about. It's not. It's not a. It's not a novel. It's literally like a photo or a sentence, and we're and people be going off. So yeah.
1: I don't know. I, I we were joking about this earlier, but like algorithms, like the social media algorithms, algorithms are basically built off of the.
0: Drama triangle. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: And it's like, it's what like, are you entering today? What's what's going to get people mad? Persecu- <laughs> what's going to make them persecutors? What's going to make them victims? What's going to make them rescuers? Keep the triangle going, ding ding, 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 back and forth like a pinball machine.
0: Yeah. So to wrap, to try to, like, put a nice ribbon on everything. So we had, we, we started off this conversation we talked about the keeping your sides of the street clean. Mm-hmm. Um, and what that means. And we had those three parts of that which came from Marie Elizabeth Molly, and that was the street itself, the street sweeper and the house yep. and what each of those three things meant. Um, from that led us to the article on the victim triangle which was also originally called the, uh,
1: drama, the triangle. drama
0: triangle. And through the drama triangle we had those, those different spots on the inverted triangle of being a victim uh, persecutor
1: and or perpetrator. Uh, I think
0: perpetrator was one of the words they use as well. Perpetrator, uh, yeah. and or the rescuer and how the rescue and the perpetrator and persecutor all somehow will always lead to victim uh victimhood. Right. And then there was the other, the flip side of that triangle, which is like almost like you know the yin and the yang of each of these triangles. And right. that was the one that has the uh, winners
1: uh, triangle, the healthy triangle. Winners
0: triangle, and it's it's you know it, it's inverted. It's not inverted. It's the right side up triangle, uh, but it had the vulnerable position, the caring position, and the serve position. So with these three, you know, different it ideologies works, I guess. That, yeah. that we got, they they all work a hand in hand. But it's like it's very it's very cool. I had a lot of fun, at least for myself, being able to apply it through you know ridiculous scenarios. Or actual real life, you know, situations. But I don't know. I challenge people who are listening to to look. Well, we'll have this information posted in different places. But to look at these uh, different triangles and these different modes of thinking, and be like, how does that apply to my life, or, or how does that apply to what I see on the news? How does that apply to how I feel about how friends are posting on social media or lack thereof? How do I how do I feel about uh you know, conflicts that may be occurring down my street from my house, uh, miles and miles away, on the other side of the world, like, they, it's, it's so interesting that like, we, we somehow want everybody to be always at the same spot that we are, but that'll never, ever, ever be the reality, because no one else, no one else can ever stand in the same spot as you, ever, physically unless they're standing directly on top of your head, but even then they're above you. So it's like, but like, you know I'm saying? like, no one could ever be in the same exact position you are physically, right. emotionally, spiritually. So I don't know. It's just nice to have something, some language to put to that.
1: Yeah. And I mean, let's go full circle with it. What do you feel that you've learned that you can take to your uh, dating life?
0: Oh my gosh. I right, look, okay. Now, if somebody want to get this, <laughs> if someone want to come and get this because it's hot and ready, I'm going to tell you right now that I am very flexible. So <laughs> I can hit any of those positions. I can hit a vulnerable position. I can hit a caring position. And I can hit a deserted position. However you want to take that, whether it's <laughs> however you want to however you want to receive that. <laughs> I, I am I'm delivering it to you and I am giving it, I am giving you that information that I that I when things are hard, I can solve my own problems. Mm-hmm. But I but I no longer want to be there anymore. I don't want to solve it myself. I want someone else to solve it for me, if you know what I mean. Yep. Uh <laughs> <laughs> but, then, but then the caring position and prepare to listen and support instead of telling what to do. I think yeah. I I talk a lot and I have a lot to say, but I, I think I'm, I, that's why I long for conversation. I long for some, I want to, I want to be able to relate to someone else. So it's right. like, I, I think, I think I will be able to challenge myself. All Can you be assertive?
1: That's the real question.
0: Oh my gosh. Did you see how I avoided that one? You did. Naturally. That You ew. did. Oh, that's so gross. Ew. I'm so gross. I maybe
1: that's that. your, maybe that's your growth
0: area. <laughs> okay. I will be more assertive, but sometimes I'd be feeling like a creep. Like people make me feel like a creep when I, like I, it's just because I don't, you know. I just I'm so I'm too cognizant of my of my my stature, my being a man, my being black, so much like that that I get so self conscious about but, reaching but you out what? to
1: people. If you were doing it where you're expressing how you feel and negotiating with others to meet your needs without resorting to aggression or any of the feelings, like. No one should be able to fault you for that if you're just plainly stating, these are my needs, this is what I'm looking for. It, it really, really, that's that's it.
0: That's true. And I've done that, and it always most of the time ends with like <laughs> don't not talking to that person anymore. <laughs> There's so many people that I have blocked. It's crazy. Like I've blocked them on social media and everything. So they probably can still listen to the podcast. But if you have been blocked by me, like that's on you. <laughs> I'm sorry. Hey, that's, that's a form of
1: stating your needs. That,
0: yeah, that's on you. Because, like, I'm sorry. I was, tired of, I was tired of feeling like a weirdo. So I just said, fuck it. Don't talk to me there. And by me, not, me, the best way for me not to talk to you is just to block your ass. So.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's also fair.
0: Right. Let me go get on Tinder.
1: <laughs> all, so nobody honestly, can that would be. Ass. That would be a very interesting experiment. Uh, well, You'll have yeah. to report how it goes next episode. It's,
0: it's going to be a failure. I'm going to tell you that right now. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll be assertive.
1: Uh, you got this, Mike.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Is
1: that where you want to end?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's a good enough your,
1: end for me. Your promo for this should just be your Tinder profile
0: picture. <laughs> oh, my gosh. This is a happy ending.
1: Yeah, I like it. I'm excited. Thank you for listening to Black Man Bright World. If you like what you heard, please like the show and give us a five-star review and subscribe for more content. Thanks. That's I kind of I kind of winged it. I, I changed great. it at the end, but good job. You're welcome.